Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Amy. All right. Welcome to Corona Chronicle number. Uh oh, I didn't write down the number. Is this? I think it's lucky seven? number eleven. Number eleven. Reader what? mail number five. Reader mail number five. Episode number, seven. number five. That's right. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh no. Amen. Amen. I love the outline of your mustache and hair and beard. Isn't yeah, it- why is thing? <laughs> Does it think your face is a green screen? What happened? I don't know. I was doing this to somebody else the other day. Doing this to somebody else. That doesn't sound good. But you know, you, you guys know how much I love frozen. Wow. I like that the like the thermostat is good. Yeah. Thermostat that- is okay. It's like is it's in there. Yeah. Touching so, me on the shoulder. Yeah. So oh. wait, you had this queued up, like you prepared this <laughs> bit, <laughs> like you were ready for it. I yeah, I have these. I was trying to figure it out. I I don't think my computer's good enough. Look, Howard Dean. Oh, that's pretty good. Ooh, that's the Dean scream right there. <laughs> right, let me see what I've got on mine. I've got a couple, uh, some weird yeah. ones. We got this one that was used recently. Ooh. Hurricane Amen. Oh Uh-oh. boy. Nice. It's, it's backwards the- though. It's the Jersey Shore. I don't know. These Where'd you get that photo of us? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Guys, yeah, we're that ripped. Eyes are up. Stop looking at the hoagie. Their eyes are up here. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's some other weird ones here. I got this guy. Hey, ooh. Oh, you're on the holodeck. All right. Or the Crystal Lake Diner, hometown diner. Very fun. Oh, uh, hey, man, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, what is happening here? It's Cisco. <laughs> oh, that's like a truck, baby. Going straight to. All right, I'm gonna make this go away. There we go. I like that. Uh, this is episode seven of us doing this via Zoom, and the first time that we've been dicking around with backgrounds. Also, uh, like, I think this is just a sign of us becoming unglued. <laughs> <laughs> All the unglued. So. <laughs> Heads up to everybody out there. Uh, so these are our Corona Chronicles. Uh, we're kind of putting our normal show on kind of pause for a minute uh, until we're able to all be in this uh, studio together and record because we want to make sure the show is, uh, you know, the best it can be for you guys. Uh, Eamon, I'm loving whatever this shirt is, by yeah, the way. Are you wearing a Neon Genesis Evangelion <laughs> shirt with Garfield <laughs> on it? Yeah, I saw this online. I feel like it's a ripoff <laughs> of somebody's art, but I was like, I have to have this shirt because it makes no sense. It's very good. It's amazing. What? Everything yeah. about it is great. Yeah, it's insane. I'm like a crazy person for this. <laughs> <laughs> they should be institutionalized. Wow. <laughs> but it's a good shirt. Because, because of their pathological hatred of Mondays. That's and right. God, do they kill God in that? Is that one of those? Yeah, like, I don't know. They, they fight angels. From- angels, that's it heaven or whatever mm. i don't know the world is remade it's very confusing wow deeply garfield's uh, not in it at all no garfield in evangelion now oh. that's confusing yeah that's the confusing part right. why is, where's garfield yeah that's the mystery everyone else is there john normal yeah, normal's <laughs> yeah. There. but no garfield interesting yeah where's poochie poochie that's right Wait, who's Poochie? That's that's from a different uh, franchise. Oh, okay. I was racking my brain for Garfield characters. There aren't that many. Yeah. 
the, uh, Poochie is the dog on Itchy and Scratchy that was around for like a few episodes and Homer did the voice. Right. Because they wanted like to introduce like a new hip character because it was getting stale. It was Poochie. Yeah. yeah. Who we has like catchphrases, uh, yeah. kind of like Bart did. It was it's pretty good. We should do that for the podcast. Invite a new, young, younger, hip. Oh, I like that. Person. I mean, it's weird that we're the young, hip people in like the Highlander sphere. So, like, <laughs> that's dark. That's a dark reality. We need to find someone hipper than us. Mm. Hey, bros. Mythos. Jim, I don't know. Wow. What? Anyway, so we're going to be doing reader mail today. Uh, we've got a big backlog uh, of. <laughs> emails that everyone has sent in uh, over the past couple months. Uh, so we're going to be tackling those. Uh, but also during this time, we just want to make sure everyone's doing okay and check in because these are weird times for everybody, maybe now more than ever. So uh, you guys been doing good this week? week? Doing anything fun? Uh, movies? Stuff like that? I watched the um, 70s Captain America movie. Oh, how was that? It was bad. Um, <laughs> oh, really? It stars Matt Salinger as Captain America, who is J.D. Salinger's son. Weird. Wow. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, no, there are there are other notable actors whose names I don't remember um, in that movie, but it's just really not a good movie. Uh, yeah. Wow. I enjoyed watching it, but it's bad. Like fun bad, though? Like should people seek it out for like a good time? Uh, Yeah, they're looking for a good time. <laughs> all right, we're all looking for a good time. <laughs> Uh, I, th I thought if you were looking for a good time, you had to call an anonymous number scrawled on a bathroom wall. Have I been doing this wrong? No, you've been doing it right. Yeah, you that's the audio of Captain America. You should have that's been supplied yeah. with the link to the Captain America <laughs> movie. Perfect. Book. Not the Chris Evans. That's right. Not that. Yeah. Chris Evans. What'd you see, Kyle? Uh, so I just watched the series on Hulu, The Great. Uh, I guess most notably starring Nicholas Holt. Uh, Remind me who that is again. He is in a lot of stuff. He was a child actor, but he's Beast in X-Men First Class. He was uh, Tolkien in the Tolkien movie. Uh, he's in a lot these days. He's a war boy. Huh? He's a war boy in uh, Mad Max... Fury Road. Mm -hmm. uh, in any case, he plays Catherine the Great's husband. Catherine America? Yeah, Catherine <laughs> America. <laughs> uh, it is very funny, and I was not expecting... Like, I knew it was supposed to be a comedy. It's from the, the guy who wrote uh, The Favorite mm. a couple years ago. Uh, Anyway, it's hysterical. It's really raunchy and violent, um, which surprised me. But it's very funny uh, and, like, super anachronistic. Uh, but Nicholas Holt plays, like, the debauched, drunken moron that, like, runs Russia. Uh, and the show is about, like, Catherine's rise to power uh, in his stead. And it is quite good. Um I'd say not for everybody, but very funny. And it inhabits, like, some odd, like, chaos universe that, like, you tend to see in more alt comedy. Just, like, it's so unpredictable and, like, so kind of wild. Uh, yeah, 
not not at all what you'd expect from like a historical tale. And the costuming is fantastic. <laughs> like, the, like everyone looks dope in it. And it's got like a, despite being sent in like 18th century Russia, has a wildly inclusive cast, which is also nice. Nice. Cool. What is this on again? It's on Hulu. Oh, Hulu. Fun. Uh, yeah, Hulu. I would recommend it. Keith, Keith. Uh, let's see, I watched two movies. Well, I watched a couple movies this week, but uh, two I'll mention. I watched the movie Lovebirds on Netflix. Uh, which is just, it's like a romantic comedy uh, directed by Michael Showalter with Camille oh, Nanagiani. I like yeah. Showalter. It was great. I mean, it's not like a, you know. kill somebody. Like, kind of. Trip. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very much like a romantic comedy version of like The Hangover or something. Like there's this mystery afoot. They kind of, I'm going to say are framed for murder, uh, but that kind of sets the whole thing off. Uh, so they're trying to clear their names and of course come together as a couple. Uh, but it was really funny. I don't know. It was good to, you know, throw on. Uh, but I also watched the movie Polly Esther, uh, which was great, which is an uh, older John Waters movie. Uh, and that was uh, fantastic. Sadly, it's like, I think you have to rent it. Uh, it's not available streaming for free. I know he was shaking his head. I know. But it's great. It's with Divine. Uh, Tab Hunter is in it. And uh, I don't know. Divine plays the matriarch of this, like, kind of screwed up family uh her husband cheats on her all the time and owns like the town's like porno theater so there's people always like protesting on their lawn her son's like a delinquent the daughter is like a mess and like i think she gets she get pregnant i guess in it like uh anyway but she kind of puts on this like brave face like no everything's fine with our family we're totally normal this is happy america uh anyway in typical john waters fashion it's a kind of meditation on like suburban america life and I don't know what it is to be like normal uh, in his movies and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, it's really great and has a, a great sense of humor. And uh, Divine is always great in it. So. Nice. Good stuff. I like that John Waters. All right. You're all about that mustache. All about it. Yeah, and it had an interesting twist. I, I believe she wakes up with super smell uh, halfway through the movie. It's like she gets a superpower. Wow. Yep. Well, so this is, so we all just watched Captain America. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> It's part of the MCU. That's right. Yeah. Divine and her super smell. Yep. Cool. What if they like, I mean, I know Divine has left us. What if they like CGI inserted her into a Marvel movie? Like Grand Moff Tarkin style? Yeah. <laughs> Who would they Divine be? Do that. I don't know. Uh, maybe, I'm trying to think of an Avenger that hasn't been in the movie. Mm. What about a villain though? She can okay. play a villain. Yeah. Mm, I'll just think about that. Mm. Uh, I, I was about to say she could be granny goodness, but that would be a DC thing. Justice League 2, baby. That's right. Luis's <laughs> <laughs> next Snyder cut. Yeah, the Snyder cut. Doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that Snyder cut. Oh, boy. Can't wait. I'm going to get my Snyder's of Hanover pretzels. Oh, that's a great idea. And then watch the Snyder Cut, baby. But then I'll watch all the Zack Snyder movies beforehand. I'll watch Sucker Punch. I'll watch <laughs> 300. I'll watch uh, Legend of the Guardians, The Ga Owls of Gahool. Wait, is that a Zack Snyder movie? That is a Zack Snyder movie. Wow. A movie with CGI talking owls. It seems on brand. Yeah. Huh. 
where did this come from? Why did he make an animated movie? <laughs> Everyone's got to make one for their kids or something. That's the did you mention Watchmen? Of that has owls in it. It does have owls. It has the owl, a night owl. Yeah, one and two. One and two. Yeah, it's got two baby. That's, that's why. That's why he thought of it. That's why. He, that's why he thought of it. That's why I did Google because he was like, I like these owls. Mm-hmm. They watch. They're not men. They're birds. But do they also read? Listener mail. Oh, <laughs> very good. Very good. All right. So, should we hop into some reader mail this week? Let's. This week, I don't know. We can postpone one of the episode now. Uh, do it. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna. That's right. Uh, so we've got a couple of these uh, emails. Uh, we'll go around in order. We'll talk about them. We'll. Uh, I don't know. See what discussions they bring up. Ready? all right i'm gonna read the first one this is about the episode modern prometheus from season five uh this is from ronnie d uh byron was mad bad and dangerous to know uh this email was from february of 2020 so we're getting there uh we're in 2020 baby i think we're about to go back to 2019 after this so it's okay uh he says hey guys long time listener and i just got through uh with your rewatch on modern prometheus and it was fantastic as always. Uh, this episode was one of those that I didn't actually watch until I'd purchased the DVDs in the 2000s, and I'm really glad I didn't. <laughs> what a waste <laughs> of a what a waste of a great premise. Uh, that had followed the equally wasted premise that was forgive us our trespasses, and it's a one-two punch of frustrated viewing. I feel you on that, baby. Yeah. Uh, to take a uh, to take a premise of Lord Byron being an immortal and existing in. Uh, the then modern world only to bury it under a heavy-handed anti-drug PSA is criminal. What makes it worse is the performance of Lord Byron is really good. He plays an incredible scumbag, but one who's magnetic enough that you see why people would be drawn to him. The anti-drug message is as unsurmountable as an unsurmountable hurdle that cripples this episode. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, however, Highlander has a, I have to say Highlander has a long history with drugs. It's just like it seems like at least once per season, an episode comes up that's like, and here is our anti-drug episode. Yeah. In some way. Although I, I do suppose, like, weirdly, is that like a sign of the times? Like, I mean, I remember during kind of the mid-90s, there were like new laws about like showing people smoking on TV was like, nope, you're not allowed to do that anymore. And I think that's not true anymore, uh, although I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I no. feel like there was a lot of like, anti-drug PSAs and episodes in the, the early to mid-90s. Is that true? Am I remembering this right? That sounds right. Or have there always been, and I've just kind of never realized. I don't know. I think there have been since, like, the war on drugs was declared. There have been a lot of these fucking things. <laughs> right. And mission uh, accomplished, right? There we no go. Drug, no drug problems anymore. Oh, yeah, I mean, because we declared war on it successfully? <laughs> All right, so um, Ronnie continues. Uh, However, it's not the only problem. Once again, the series falls uh, into its biggest flaw in that it refuses to allow Duncan to be a supporting player for an episode. This should have been a mythos story. It's his friend living on the edge and taking far uh, taking far too many mortals with him. It's the uh, if the focus had been on mythos trying to gently nudge Byron away from ruining Mike's life rather than Duncan, you fix one of the missteps. Hard Um, agree on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had talked about, like, why is Mythos such a minor player in this? But I think that looms, I don't know, that looms larger with this whole thing. Yeah. Because Duncan's a stranger to this whole thing. He doesn't yeah. know Byron. He doesn't know Mikey? Was that his name? That's right, Mikey. He, 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 From Mikey London. Like, 
So Duncan's just a rando. Yeah. Like sticking his his snoot where it doesn't belong. <laughs> uh, Ronnie continues. You can even tie it with the flashback of Mythos dissuading Byron of uh, pulling a Cosby and raping Mary Shelley. Uh oh. Uh, it would have been a poetic moment fitting for a tragic poet, with Byron even noting that he always knew their relationship would end with one taking the other's head from the moment Mythos stood in his way. Uh, it would have allowed more screen time for Mythos and Joe, with Mac being a bit of a referee who stays out of it for the most, most part. Mac sticking his nose in while the two uh, more in invested people simply stepping back is indeed aggravating. Uh, and to close off, Ronnie writes, uh, I'll wrap this up with a, uh, with a favorite, with this bit uh, from one of my old college lit professors who was a big fan of Lord Byron. He was very fond of uh, saying he always attributed to the dead poet and throughout this episode, I kept hearing in my head the oft-repeated phrase, I am mad, bad, and dangerous to know. So I kind of ruined the end there by uh, revealing the title, I suppose. But there we go. Spoiler. Spoiler. Good points, though, Ronnie. Yeah. No, there's yeah. uh echo a lot of our sentiments, and I think got into it like a little deeper, uh, fixing some issues. So good. Uh, apparently, it was a phrase used to describe Lord Byron by his lover, Lady Carolyn Lamb, according to at least a two-second Google search of that phrase. How about that? The Lamb. <laughs> uh, shall I take this next one? Yeah, go for it. Ooh, see, I hadn't even looked at it when I said it, but I snagged a real short one, so suck it. <laughs> uh, so we're still on modern prometheus and this is from dan a or dan a dan a uh, uh hello rewatchers in the modern prometheus episode you mentioned duncan being so anti-drug that he shouldn't have been uh he should have been on the psa with captain lou albano dressed as super mario My i'm favorite. glad people looked this up <laughs> Like, it is straight up the best. Uh, here's, some trivia. <laughs> here's some trivia regarding that. Uh, for those who don't remember, Eamon, what is the, the titular line of this thing? Uh, if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. <laughs> <laughs> and this is professional wrestler Captain Lou Albano dressed as Mario when he played said part in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Um, in any case, here's some trivia regarding that. In the late 80s, early 90s, during the original NES heyday, they made a half-hour cartoon show with the adventures of Mario of Luigi. Really? You don't say. <laughs> the show had live-action interstitial segments featuring Captain Lou as Mario and someone who, uh, who looked like Joe Flaherty on SET, uh, from SETV. Uh, as Luigi. Yes, we know. <laughs> so Captain Lou wasn't doing that PSA as part of a court-ordered community service project for a DUI. It was part of a children's cartoon show he briefly hosted. Oh, yes. I, I see. So that, that comment about the DUI, that's because I mentioned something about like why he did it and why he wore the outfit. Like I, I, I imagined a world where he uh, had no time to do this and was like, but I'm court ordered to. He's like, just set up the camera, roll, I'll do it now. And he's still in the Mario outfit. Uh, because like, what weird messaging to have Mario tell children, they'll go to hell before they die. 
uh, yeah, but we're all aware of the show. I like that, uh, no offense, uh, Dene, uh, I like that he assumes we found this commercial, assumed it was just like unconnected to anything, like that Lou Albano put on this outfit just for fun. <laughs> oh, I gotta do the PSA, how about I dress up as Mario, he's big. Yeah. He's on his way to a costume party and they stopped him on the way. Do you have time to shoot this now, Lou? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, but the, but the Mary yeah. Brothers, we should, let's talk about the Mary Brothers super show because why the fuck not? Uh, yeah. did, you guys, did you guys like the show? Uh, have you watched any more recently? Every once in a while, I'll throw one on. <laughs> I like uh, the kid. I loved it as a kid. I am fascinated by it as a child or as an adult. Um, <laughs> maybe those are the same things. Being as the, the amount we talk about cartoons, maybe it is the same. Maybe yeah. I am still a kid. Uh, it is insane. Also, there's tons of wrestlers on it that just appear. Like Rowdy Roddy Piper comes on at some point and Luigi makes his bagpipes into a vacuum cleaner. Which is amazing. Hilarity ensues. Uh, it's just kind of nuts. And it also exists in a world before Mario 3. So a lot of the references in it are all the original and Mario 2. Like, right. they're constantly inserting sound effects from Mario, especially from Mario 2, into the game, which is all wild. Uh, and well, yeah, like, the, the sound effects are, like, in the real world. Like, you would have, like, like, it's filmed like a sitcom. Like, there's, like, a laugh track. And, like, anytime, like, somebody drops something on the ground, like, it'll be cartoonish Nintendo sound effects that accompany it. Yes, and they're constantly throwing turnips at people. It's it's just insane. Also, the animation is constantly <laughs> off-model. Yeah. Things will change colors in the middle of frames. Like, they do not fix it. There are also several times when I'm pretty sure Captain Lou Albano just says, fuck you, Luigi. <laughs> That's in the pilot, epi pilot episode. He goes, hey, fuck you, Luigi. And it's like, how did this make it? Yeah. It's very, like, I'm, I'm sure someone looked at it and decided that wasn't what he said. But holy shit, he says it. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, every episode. Good. A very popular show. Like, it had really high ratings. Did it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> uh so anyway yes we are all fan i don't mean to tease dan a uh little did he know that we have the dvds for the yeah. super mario brothers super show because i guess why would you know that dan yeah why indeed <laughs> but um also every episode they're just like in another like they're in a movie reference basically yeah, there's like a Zaro episode. There's I want to say like a um, Arabian Nights or something sort of episode too. Like there's I think there's Star a lot of Wars. Yeah, it's like they're in prehistoric times. They have to make a pizza out of acorns for some reason. I couldn't <laughs> tell you why. I'm pretty sure if I saw the episode, I couldn't tell you why. They, they feed some squirrels, acorn pizza. Acorn pizza. Mm. Um, but I'm pretty can sure Mario gets bitten by a snake. Do it. Uh, in any case, this show is nuts, and people should at least watch it so they can see the ending song, which I know Eamon knows well. Do the Mario. <laughs> Do the Mario. Which is, I guess, a dance that I, I, it just kind of seems like you rock back and forth and put your arms out. I don't actually know what... It doesn't seem more like a dance. It's hokey-pokey-esque, right? Like, the lyrics tell you how to dance, right? I think. 
Oh, from, 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 side, from side to side. side. Yeah. Everybody, come on, let's go do the Mario. Just like this. <laughs> Check it out. We're not doing it justice. It's that bananas. I have a question. Uh, how old do you think Mario and Luigi are in your head? And then how do you think they're uh, portrayed in the Mario Brothers? Like, in my head, I don't think I ever imagined Mario was like a 60-year-old, like, plumber. <laughs> Yeah. But maybe, I don't know. Right. That's fascinating. I right? never once stopped to... Th this is the first time I've ever thought about how old Mario is. This like, is both of them, both, like, this, this is, is a children's a show that question. star, like, rather old people. Yeah. Uh, I thought they were kind of age... You know, as I think about it, I think they're kind of age-appropriate. Yeah? Like, I, I don't know. How old is Mario? 40? At the time? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like Luigi feels like he's like 45 in the show. I cannot believe we're fucking talking about this. But I mean, like, how old do you think, like, you picture, you're playing Mario 64, you see his, like, little octagonal polygon nose. How old is that mess I think I think 40. I think... Yeah, I think Mario's fucking 40. Wow. I think that? he was wide open. Why else would he have that mustache? Like, his whole aesthetic. <laughs> According his whole to... Aesthetic. According to Mashable.com in 2017, it. Nintendo claims Mario is 26 years old. What? 26? That's from 2017? So he's 29 now. Wow, big 3-0 coming up. Mario's no got a big birthday. There's no way this fucking guy is 26. <laughs> this well, mustachioed, pear-shaped dude is supposed to be 26. In the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, This Ain't No Game, how much, how old do we think Bob Hoskins was? Yeah, Bob Hoskins had to be 45. In his 40s, right? Yeah. How old was John Leguizamo? Ooh, Luigi Mario? In that movie. What do you think the age he... difference between Mario and Luigi are? is in that movie? Ooh, that's interesting. Like, I buy Luigi being considerably younger. Like, I don't know. What an odd bit of actually, I think pretty okay casting on those two characters. I mean, a fool's errand. You shouldn't have made it, but like pretty okay casting, I think. Sure. I mean, Bob Hoskins is a stone cold killer. <laughs> he is. He's great. And you got uh, that weirdo from the David Lynch movies. What's his name? As Cooper. Dennis Hopper. Oh, yeah. Dennis Hopper. <laughs> And fucking Fisher Stevens, yikes! Who is Fisher? He's like, a, yeah. What? Who is he? He's one of like the the goons or whatever. For Mister Koopa, I cannot believe we're still talking about this. We must move on to email number three. I thought we were vamping to give Eamon time to tell us how old they were. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. Uh, I will say that um, Bob Hoskins said that the Super Bar Mario Brothers movie was a nightmare to film. Mm. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> Email number three. <laughs> All you, Eamon. This is a long one. So anyway, one last thing. Danny, thank you for being a fan. Thank you for writing in. We, uh, we're not trying to tease you. We appreciate you. I mean, yep. We are trying to tease you, but it's good natured. Right. Good natured. We're a bunch of sons of bitches. Son of a bitches. Wow. <laughs> Uh, so this email is from our old friend, Jim from Detroit. And this is also on the modern Prometheus, Mod Pro, if you will. 
interesting episode, fellas. Oh, and this is from October 17th, 2019. <laughs> yeah. Interesting episode, fellows. I find myself agreeing with your conclusion that modern Prometheus isn't a great episode, but disagreeing with your reasons. Shots fired. Yeah. Let's hear it. First, I do agree that Byron was a mix of previous Highlander antagonists. You guys pointed out Gregor and Cullen, but I think you missed Axel. His chick was hooking up with young female immortals and seeing the world through their eyes. When that got old, he killed them. Byron was doing the same thing, but with mortal rock groupies. His ennui was nothing new to the show. Okay, As, I, see, I see that a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. There's like, there's like something about like an aspect of capturing youthful energy in some way mm. that I could that I can see making sense there. So Ash Ketchum does when he catches those Pokemon. He does what? Just, Youthful energy. Just because Ash Ketchum is young, or is this a thing? Is this an aspect of Pokemon like physics I don't know about? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good deal. As to the point of did he deserve to die? Well, again, we're talking immortal rules. Mac doesn't need a reason to go after him. But to be fair to Mac, I do think Byron deserved death because that's basically the only option to. Immortals in opposition have. I guess you can lock a guy up in a dungeon and throw away the key like Killian wanted to do with Mac, but I don't see Mac as that kind of guy. Huh. I do think Byron deserved death because that's the only options two immortals in opposition have. That seems harsh to me. I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, lots of people come into conflict constantly and the only options are not death or imprisonment. Right. You know, right. right. I would say most most conflicts are not solved that way. Right. But the but show that. frames it always, it seems to always frame it that way, right? With the mortals, like, uh-oh, he's immortal, gotta be the Duncan brand of justice now. Like, the cops can't handle this. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, onward. Back to my point. Immortals can either kill or walk away. It's not like Mac can send Byron to jail for reckless endangerment of life. And don't forget, Mac has walked away in the past, and there have been deaths. Remember, he let Daimler go, and he knew Daimler was a Nazi. But Daimler said, the war is over, and I'm just using my First Amendment rights. The result was the death of Father Bernard, and almost the death of Anne. Ooh. Mm -mm. I mean, and, all, and all for killing Nazis. That's true. Captain America. That's right. Yeah. It all comes full circle. That's right. Kyle is the Captain America of the podcast. <laughs> I think it's okay. fair to say that Mac believed Byron would continue to conspicuously consume his groupies and infer that Byron had left a string of death of his fans in his wake is not an unfair assumption. Well, when you assume, you make an ass of you and me. I think this is accurate. I think you're, it's fair to assume that he's going to keep doing this. Oh, sure. And I can ab absolutely believe Mythos would stay out of Mac's way. That's his MO. That's how he stays alive. He wants Mac on his side. I can imagine Mythos doing the math, thinking that if he got between Mac and Byron, Mac would fight him and Mythos would lose. Mac wouldn't kill Mythos, but their friendship would probably be over. Uh, 
And Cronus <laughs> wasn't the only immortal mythos is hiding from. Having Mac on your side would be extremely useful for future problems. Mythos wants to survive, and Byron is not the hill Mythos wants to die on. And Mac yeah, though that's just like, some of that stuff is true, potentially, like is one interpretation of like characters' motives, but it's just like bad storytelling. Yeah. Right, like that that could be an interpretation of Mythos's actions, but why tell that story? That's not right. an interesting story. Um, anyway. I didn't like the grainy look, and I thought Byron was a rehash of previous antagonists. I didn't like the Frankenstein. I didn't find the Frankenstein connection interesting. I'm always bothered by stories that have fictitious people being responsible for the work of real people. Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, and inserting mythos and immortal Byron detracts from her accomplishments. We talked about this, right? Keith, I think you had the strongest position on this. I yeah, think I think so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's been a while since I watched the episode and even, well, probably just as long since I heard our thoughts on it. Uh, but yeah, I, I do remember thinking that's like a weird byproduct of these sort of stories. And they're not always intentionally done that way. You know, I mean, I don't think the writers are intentionally trying to detract from someone's accomplishments, but it does sometimes. And uh, yeah, I don't know, it's a little weird, I guess, right? Well, and it's like that back to the future syndrome. <laughs> Also, I think we we didn't really like how it was deployed. Like, I think I enjoyed kind of the subtlety of it. Like, whoa, she maybe witnessed something and she would go on to be inspired. Like, we know that as the, the viewer because we're aware of history in the book Frankenstein or whatever. Uh, but like, they made such a point of it. Like, uh, I guess, um, like the way they talk. I don't know. It was a little too much, I think. Uh, a little heavy handed. Yeah. Uh but I do think that is a good point and we should be wary of it. We should not uh, sit idly by while uh, people's accomplishments are, are, are diminished, especially, you know, trailblazing female writers. That's right. Yeah. Well, for I science fiction novels. That's right. Mm -hmm. I give points for theme though. The monster in Frankenstein searches for meaning. He gets mad at his creator for giving him life, but not giving him purpose, giving that life meaning. Byron had an immortal life, but no purpose and no meaning to that life. At least Byron didn't kill his creator slash teacher, Mythos. For Mythos, the purpose of life is to live, to stay alive. That simple philosophy just doesn't work for Byron. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know that we ever framed any of Byron's shortcomings around kind of the, the teaching that he may have received, but that is interesting. It is. Mm. Uh, I will refrain from commenting on the next three episodes, except to say that I hated them. <laughs> <laughs> they took the moral questions and the search for answers that made Highlander so interesting and basically said, yes, there are definite answers. Did not like and won't <laughs> commenting on. Keep up the good work, Jim from Detroit. All right. Thank you, Jim. Good thoughts. Yeah. It's a good deal. Very good. Well, that'll Boom. bring us... <laughs> Uh, that very well uh, segues into the next email, which is random key theory. Uh -oh. and, uh, I think we've heard some of these before. When I uh, am editing the episode, usually I have random thoughts that pop into my head. And so I email them to us, uh, and they're usually pretty scatterbrained. Uh, but um, 
I was actually wondering that very question that Jim brought up. Could we see Byron as the result of Mythos being his teacher? Is he the disastrous result of Mythos's philosophy? Hmm. But of like course, we don't see any of that in the episode. Uh, this is me kind of just, you know, uh, thinking about that post all this. But I think Have there's something there. Because there's something like... I think one could interpret that there is something empty about the way Mythos lives his life. Mm -hmm. uh, the way it's just for him. Um, and how someone perhaps more fragile could, or, you know, with different needs could wither without having something else to sustain them. And then there was that time Mythos took Byron up on like a scaffolding and made him jump off while drunk. Oh yeah, that time. <laughs> <laughs> Mythos is like, all oh, the cool guys do this, Byron. You should do it. Yeah, unless you want to be a nerd. Yeah, <laughs> fucking nerd. Good times. All right, it looks like we've got uh, four more emails left. Uh, I can read the next one since the last one was really short if we want, or we can keep going in a circle. Do it. All right. Do the next one is about the episode Arc Angle. So this is from Lisa F. And this is from November 2019. Very good. Um, Archangel. Anyway, hi, guys. This is such a hard episode to watch, both, be both because of Richie's death and because of the plot holes. Uh, so I really appreciate your commentary throughout. Also, this episode is harder to watch now because of uh, when this email was dated, uh, you know. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of points where I had a different read than you. Uh, the crazy guy in the cave. That definitely could have been written better, but I saw it as a preview of what happens to Mac. 600 years ago, this guy was probably pushed to the brink of sanity and killed some of his friends, just like Mac. In the end, he just wants to die and barely holds on long enough to pass the mantle to Duncan. By the end, Mac is in the same position, begging for someone to kill him. Ah, huh. pretty good. Uh, that's, I mean, it's a pretty good way to like kind of link up and you know get some meaning out of that. Uh, yes, because of, but of course, the pass the mantle. Our big complaint was there was no passing of anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, as for Mythos getting on the barge without uh, setting off the buzz, I think it was due to Ariman clouding Mac's senses, which sets uh, us up for Mac not being able to sense that Richie is there when he's fighting Ariman until it's too late. Ooh. That's interesting, too. Yeah, that's a, that's a reasonable theory there. Yeah, Lisa, yeah. I have crushing these, uh, these episode theories. Can't wait to see what you guys do with season six. Lisa. Thank you, nice Lisa. Work. Nice work, Lissaf. 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 We can't wait till we see it either. <laughs> it's, you know what, actually, I was just thinking about that while we were recording. Like, it is weird because somebody asked this, I think, on our last episode, like, do you guys go ahead? Any of that stuff? Like, I have not watched an episode of Pylander in, like, a while. It's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a long time since I've gone this long without consuming some kind of Pylander. Yeah. Um, so that is shaking odd. his head. What a shame. Been a long time, been a long, <laughs> been a long, lonely, 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 lonely. Yeah, that is a quarantine anthem right there. It is. <laughs> it is. Right. Next up, Kyle, do you want to read email number six? On it. This is from friend of the show, David G from October. Hey, Guys, uh, and again, we're still on the uh Archangel. Archangel plot here. Guys, another great episode on an otherwise shitstorm of an episode. 
I can't believe this would be the way to go out on a series. As you know, I hate the more magical elements introduced to the mythology, illusions, psychics, etc. But this possession thing was ludicrous. But here is the real question. How does one become a grave manager? Is this the pos a possible new venture for Keith? Is this supposed to be grave master? Oh, right, grave master. Yeah, it's a grave master. Like, manager, you work your way up to, you know, uh, grave digger, grave manager, then you're a grave master. master. Uh, this all makes sense. It's like an apprentice system. Can you be like a, 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 a journeyman gravester? Yep, gravester. You're fired. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yes, and once again, I have done the very short one because that's my jam well you can do that if you want you can do the the next one and give Eamon the really long one again <laughs> <laughs> or we can jump around I, I i haven't read a really long one i don't think but uh you jump know. around i can do the next one but All thank right. you david for the grave masteriest email we've received mm -hmm. grave masters of the universe Ooh, i'd watch that movie yeah gravy masters Ooh, gravy masters! I like that. Yeah, get in there. Yeah, I'd get. I I I'd drink from that gravy boat. Mm. You, gravy stuff. boat lighthouse guys, my favorite. Did you guys see that video on Twitter of St Sylvester Stallone? I think I made Keith watch this. Sylvester Stallone bringing Al Pacino into his house to yes. meet Guy Fieri. <laughs> no. <laughs> Guy Fieri's in the kitchen. How's this sound, Eamon? How about while you're reading, I find it? Yeah. And we can all watch it because this is what we're doing on this show now. So yeah, this is a good idea. So all this right. is a, uh, email number seven. Uh, well, we actually received this on Patreon, which you can become a Patreon member as well. If you go to patreon.com slash Highlander, is that correct? Slash rewatched. Slash rewatched. I'll get it right one day. Um, and this is from Roy M. from November 7th, 2019. Hey, rewatchers, I guess this is my personalized message for you guys. You three always put together entertaining podcasts that I listen to regularly. And though I don't always agree with what you say, you provoke thought and provide insight to a series that I thought I knew a lot about. It's always good to learn something new, especially when you talk about ethics and Duncan's moral code. Season five ha has been and will continue to be my favorite season of the series with a few caveats. Ransom, glory days. Yep, two good caveats right there. Righteous. Those are bad episodes. <laughs> Perhaps my favorite episode, Duende. And to be clear, he put in the, the claps, which Indeed. is impressive. The Indeed. claps are written. Was given very good reviews by you guys, and for good reason. I even noticed that there are some things that you did not see. Ooh. Mm. For example, at the end of the big fight between Mac and Consone, when Mac puts the daggers to Consone's neck, he blinks as though he'd all of a sudden come to his senses and out of the grasp of the duende. Good point. They find Consone staring back at him in disbelief. Easy to miss, but once you do, it gives a new perspective to the fight. That's cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah, that's a good uh, insight. And because oh. when you're when you're in the in the duende, like you lose your reason or whatever, right? Is that it? Yeah, you're like it's all passion and instinct and you know passion. Whoa. 
go with the flow. I have more to talk about on that episode and more in the interview with you guys if we have time. Oh, did we interview Roy? Did not yet. Okay. We'll be setting those up because it'll be a good thing for us to do in quarantine. That's right. But for now, I am so glad to help you guys out. Roy M. Thank you, Roy. Good points. Yeah, good stuff. Excelente. Uh, so, uh, Eamon, we're going to play this video that you've recommended. Uh, again, anyone who's listening to the podcast version of this, sorry, you're only going to be able to hear the audio. Uh, either Great look audience. up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if you're interested in this, either find the video on YouTube or head on over to Facebook and watch the video feed of this podcast. Uh, you guys ready? I'm ready. All right. I'm very excited about this. You should be. We should all be. Here, this is insane. Wait, Here we go. This was not a joke. No, this is no, real. This is real. <laughs> I'm about to introduce the great Al Pacino <laughs> to the great Guy Fieri, who's going to make some great food today. Oh, you go H-O, bro. Yes. Oh, yeah. Here he is. Here he is. Hey, Guy, hey, look who it is. Hey. Hey. Hey, Mr. The meeting of the Titans. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. I hope you're hungry. I'm always hungry. Well, there we go. That's the video. The meeting of the Titans. I think Titans. The two the two names that come to mind are Al Pacino and Guy fucking. <laughs> Why are they together? Did like Stallone hire Fieri to like come cook for them? I don't know. It looks and there's like Christmas decorations up, right? I think this is like a holiday uh, get together. It sounds like Pacino is about to drop the f bomb. Just <laughs> and that's what he is. Oh, it's looking great to meet you. I'm always hungry. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this. Give me all you got. Give me all you got. What a what a treat. Yeah, it's Meeting. so strange. I was convinced this was going to be like you were going to cut. It was going to be John Holmes doing his impression of these three people, <laughs> but no. No, it's real, baby. That's Crazy. Uh, I really like that video, but I, I can't explain it. It's it's upsetting for a lot of. I don't know. It's it's very weird. Is, like is he's going to make his donkey sauce spice <laughs> doubled eggs. I love this donkey sauce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, very good we got one more to go let's close it out all right uh so this is a like season five wrap-up email uh that we got from uh jim from detroit uh from november 2019 <laughs> yep all right this is an interesting season it really does build on the themes of the show uh the show has been promoting now for five years the comedies work uh, but Fitz was, or uh, yeah, the comedy's worked, but Fitz was always comedy gold. Yeah, I don't know about the comedy's always working. Uh, yeah, Ransom of Richard Redstone. But in general, yeah. there are some good comedy episodes. Yeah. Um, even the Amanda comedies work. We see why McLeod and Amanda love each other, but also why they don't work as a full-time couple. I even like that uh, Corey Rain's episode because it showed us something about Amanda. Money, you know. Money no. Uh, she's very insecure, so we often see her uh, push loved ones uh, to get a reaction. By being bad, but being forgiven, she knows she's loved. Uh, we saw her do that with Rebecca. Steal from her, only to be forgiven. She had never been forgiven before, and it must have been uh, a heady feeling. Huh. huh. That's interesting. That's a, that's, a, that's a 
cool read on this character, I think. Yeah. Um, so she wanted McLeod to stop her uh, going off with Corey. Mac being Mac didn't feel like it was his place to tell her what to do, and he wanted her to say she wanted to be with him. They both were passive-aggressive, so even immortals still cover their feelings to protect themselves. Like I said before, the seasons seem to have their own themes. This year was your past catching up to you, no matter how long and how far you ran. Uh, you ran. We saw that with Cassandra, with Carl Robinson, with Mythos, with McLeod, a great theme. That's really interesting. Yeah, uh, Jim, has, uh, or Jim from Detroit has brought this up from uh, before. And uh, I, I think that's kind of a cool way to like view these seasons, uh, you know. It, gives a, it provides an interesting analytical framework. Like, yeah, exactly. The conception that does work, and I like that. Uh, uh, but I suspect they were running out of ideas and wanted to shake things up for the sixth season if they got one. Uh, in the Donna Leto interview, she said uh, she wanted to turn Highlander into a fugitive slash Incredible Hulk type show. I suspect Bill Panzer was in love with the dystopian future idea. We saw that in two movies, Highlander the Quick Inning and Highlander the Source. Three movies, if you count the anime. Yeah, that does seem to be a weird thing. Oh, we could see the new, uh, we could see a Mad Max Highlander team up, Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. Oh, I like it. That would be good. <laughs> um, I was at the Highlander Con in Leeds, England, back in 2006. Uh, Panzer seemed very excited about the source. Us fans were not. We liked the moral implications stories and we liked the flashbacks. Setting Highlander in a dystopian future really doesn't play to the brand's strengths. It basically just becomes a variation of the Matrix. Huh. Mm. And I agree with that point. I, or I agree with the first part of the point. I'm not sure I see the Matrix connection, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I suspect David Abramowitz wanted to shake things up and have McLeod fight a foe he couldn't beat by beheading. Think of the moral stories we could do with that one. Problem is, it's an action TV show. Moral debates uh, need a little punch to be interesting week after week. Look at it this way. Bruce Wayne should use his money to fix Gotham City, but watching a guy cut checks is not very interesting. <laughs> What's um, has, has anyone seen, it was like an old, uh, like, college humor dorkly video uh, that they made during like the height of Occupy Wall Street, and it was just called Bruce Wayne is the one percent. <laughs> it's very good. It's like you're forgetting about the real superhero, the invisible hand of the free market. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. It's like really great. Uh, anyway, go on. Very good. Um, and I think you guys are right about Richie. Uh, have him become a reoccurring guest star. We might get fewer episodes, but they would be more focused. I agree. Um, or I guess you agree. So we said it first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, first. I also thought Modern Prometheus was an uh, indication that they were starting to repeat themselves. By Byron was basically two characters from previous episodes. Gregor, the burned out nihilist, and Brian Cullen, the drug addict. Uh, perhaps the demon move was a long shot to save the show... Uh, but I don't think it would have worked. And having Duncan fight to save the world uh, that has gone dystopian, I just don't see how that would have worked. So a great season that had a terrible ending. To be fair, most shows by their fifth season get weaker, but Highlander went from strength to strength until the last episode. Jim fair. from Detroit. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, yes. thanks. I agree. Yeah, season five has some stone-cold killers in it. I mean... Yeah, like Duncan. <laughs> yeah. Facts. And Stone of Schoon. Another stone. That's true. <laughs> Is there an episode where someone's really chilly? 
I think now. I can't think of one. Damn. That's okay. Uh, in any case, yeah, <laughs> I think this was. Uh, I like this email, I and mean, I do think it's helpful to to frame some of these things. Uh, in a more, you know, on our show, just because the format, it's very easy to. Um, I don't know overly atomize things, but right. to, to take these seasons in smaller pieces because that's what our format encourages. So it's always nice to zoom out and get the get the forest and the trees. Sure, that's right. The big picture, the big finish, if you will. <laughs> there we go. Very Ooh, good. Which I cannot wait to read some of our reader mail on those, which I have to imagine are the next batch coming down the pipe. You are right, Kyle. So yeah, uh, this uh, finishes up our season five reader mail. Uh, so next batch of episodes are going to deal with uh, the reader mail we got for the Big Finish audio series, those kind of two uh, sets of shows. Uh, so yeah, that'll be weird to revisit because God, we hated them so much. Well, they're so <laughs> bad. So that would be why. Right. Um, so I hope everybody's doing well out there. You know, uh, keep your emails coming. Keep some comments on Facebook. Uh, you know, we're here for everybody. Uh, I hope this show has been, you know, something nice to tune into every week uh, when we put it out. Um, so, yeah, if you want to email us uh, on any thoughts you have about the show, on our show, whatever, uh, hit us up at HighlanderRewatched at gmail.com. Uh, that's the best way to ensure that an email gets read on the show. Um, yeah, and uh, if you have other thoughts, you know, Leave a comment on Facebook. That's fine, too. Do it. And uh, if you can get us in touch with either Sylvester Stallone, Al Pacino, or Guy Fieri, please do so. Yeah, what do you guys, uh, question of the week, what do you think they ate that night? What do you think the menu for Al Pacino and uh, Mr. Sly Stallone was? What do you cook? As Guy Fieri, what do you cook those men? And it's Christmas. And it's Christmas, right. Mozzarella Oreo fritters. Mmm. I'm going to guess that he made turkey burgers <laughs> with cranberry aioli slathered in or covered then with deep fried pickles uh, and some, what else? There's something else there. Rumple mints? Yeah, and rumple mints. <laughs> it is actually just a shot of rumple mints on the side. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, uh, for everyone out there, I don't, I don't know. I guess uh, it's been a minute since I've showed a kitty, and little Dan Dan just joined me. Uh, so I don't know if I talked about – have I talked about Dan Dan too much on the show? I don't, he's squirming. Sorry, Dan. I don't think so. Uh, but anyway, uh, well, the cats, we decided to keep him. He's got a little heart murmur, so hopefully everyone can see him. I'm sorry I'm holding you, dude. There he is. It's a good oh. shot of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he's super awesome and chilling with me. <laughs> All right. See you, Dan Dan. Hey, Dan Dan. Home. We're very happy. <laughs> uh, so thanks again for uh, listening this week. And again, if you're listening to the audio version of this, remember there's always a kind of Facebook video that accompanies it. Um, yeah. And uh, thanks everybody for your support during this. this. What's that, Kyle? You get to see our ugly mugs while we do this. That's right. Pulling back the curtain. There it is. Watch me slowly grow up my facial hair out of, you know, just general quitting on being outside. <laughs> general quitting. He served in the Vietnam War. Mm. alongside Captain America, no doubt. Or was, no, he was frozen in stasis at the time. So That's true. Yikes. Thinking anyway. Moral implications of American projection of power during a complex <laughs> time. Uh, all right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. And this is Kyle. 
This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. go.